Hey guys, welcome to uh, a new year, a new us, a new podcast. Um, unfortunately, we uh, we have some bad news. Um, yeah, um, Dylan's failed his forklifting license renewal, um, so he's no longer the fortified circlift driver. Um, and as you can imagine, something so uh, solid in his life that you know basically is his only driver to get women. Um, the only way he can really you know, go out confidently in the world um, has been ripped from him. So he's a bit cut. Uh, so he's decided to not show up. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, you know, we're trying to, trying to keep it light on him. We won't bag on him too much about it. It's a bit, bit heartbreaking, but um, you know, if there is any fortified circle drivers out there listening, we're, we're actually looking for a third co-host uh, with a license. Um, I so think you said fortified circle like you said, well, fortified circlift drivers twice now. Yeah, that's because that's what Dylan called them. And this, but... and this, this is what, um, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Dylan yeah. is basically the gel that holds us together, and we're gonna have to try and do this podcast he, without him. He he does organise the entire podcast. He organises all the segments. He does all the the hard work, getting all the information, all the news. So now yep. Zach and I have to ultimately wing this episode yeah we have nothing but uh, bed. it was all no. he normally comes in with a powerpoint presentation for us <clears> to <throat> break down what we're going to talk about um and he's kind of left us in the dust so like i said if uh, if anyone's looking to join uh, and you have a certified forklift driving license uh ticket we are open to a third co-host um 100%. So. well luckily dude we've got uh chat gpt on our side and i um just input a few things like tell me what to say on my podcast and they just exactly. spit out a just, few things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you had that open eye, <laughs> we probably should have done that. That would have, that would have flowed a bit better. Probably um, could have. Uh, well, I, I want to really break it down for everyone who's uh, new to the podcast, not, not the millions of people that are returning yeah. to listen to us speak. I mean, those that haven't heard us before. This year, want to really try and work on a on a on a schedule right so it's our news resolution yeah but the thing is i want to start off every podcast with a quick news update right which is just where we we have new news that's just come out and we just quickly rattle through some headliners um i haven't come up with a name for it yet so far quick new news roundup is the only thing i've got Um, just use chat gbt to give you a quick witty name uh I entered in all other podcast quick news shit titles and just said generate something and mm. I just picked the top six, flipped a coin and just went with that. Yeah, nice. Um, so with that, we got that and then uh, I really want to go into um, some gaming spotlights, entertainments and then uh, at the end we'll announce a schedule of what we're doing, uh, streaming when our podcast will be released and if Dylan will ever return to this podcast um, ever again, <clears throat> unless we find someone else, which would be good. Yeah, exactly. Without further ado, um, let's get right into the news. As a wise Keemstar once said, uh, and don't, don't uh, <clears throat> strike us for that Keemstar. I know you watch our streams. You've damned me a few times to be on it and no, you're not coming on the podcast. Um, 
So I've actually got yeah, a unless 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 no, we've we we have put out a rule that if they do pay us the ten grand that we've mm. stipulated to be a part of the podcast, yep. happy to give it a thought. Not okay. guaranteed. If you give us the ten grand, I'll think you, about it. Yeah, you go into the interview. Actually, if you give us ten thousand dollars, you can tell everyone you were on the podcast. You won't actually get to be on the podcast, but you can tell people that you were on the <clears> podcast. <throat> um, which would be really good. And if you give us twenty grand, we'll actually send you a video of us reviewing your life on our podcast, even though you're not on it. So, um, yeah, we're pretty yeah. pretty high class. So you, you can't get on. Jean Lejoie is probably the only one I'll allow on without um, paying. Um, yeah, and that, that'll take some time. Uh, yeah. All right, stepping into it, uh, there's one thing I want to chat to you about because I really want to get your thoughts on this, okay. if possible. I saw this today. Uh, and it's about World of Warcraft, and you probably heard of it. You probably know it. Uh, they've announced uh, they've got a new feature coming up in the latest uh, update. I think um, I know what you're about to tell me. The follower dungeons feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it. No. Dylan actually told me about it a couple of days ago. He uh, even he was not very happy about it. But I, you know what, I've I'm in two minds about it because there's two sides of World of Warcraft players. There's the casuals and then there's the diehards that play it every single day as it's their second full-time job. Um, and it, in my opinion, it's not the worst thing that can happen because you, know, you don't have to use the feature. Um, and I guess it does allow people who don't have a lot of time, probably you know, parents, like you know, a dad or a mum that plays a game and they're limited to an hour or two a day and, you know, they log on and they play DPS and they don't want to sit in a dungeon timer for 20 minutes to get a dungeon done that they're looking forward to do or anything like that. It probably helps that community a bit more of like, hey, I only get two hours a day. I can log on, instant join with my followers, give a dungeon a crack, invite any friends, fill in the spots with, you know, NPCs to run the dungeon, give it a solid crack. And then, you know, if there's other content, I can plan around doing that with the other time I have. So I, as much as at first I was like, Oh, it's it's shit because you're kind of removing the community-based side of the game. At the same time, I understand why they're doing it because, you know, you've got a portion of the game community um, that don't have a lot of time to be able to utilize it as well as people who have no life and play it 24-7. So it's a good thing for, I think, parents and older people who don't have, you know, six hours a day to play it. It allows them to play the game at their own pace with you know better time spent in the game so i'm not i'm not a hugely against it as i was when i first read it um and some people are looking forward to it because it allows them to try certain things without getting shat on because there are there is a bit of a stigma in not only wow but most mmos you know even lord of the rings online you've got people that have played it for 20 years and you get a new person that comes into the game and they've queued up for a dungeon and, you know, you've got this new person in your dungeon. He doesn't know the mechanics. So then everyone shits on the new player. Like, oh, how do you not know this game's been out for 20 years? Yeah. And they forget yeah. that there's people that have just started playing it. So I guess it allows people like that who probably had shit experiences getting shot on in a dungeon and kicked out of a raid or something because they were too newbie to try things first, learn the mechanics without having to deal with someone yelling at them and then find a group <clears> to do it with properly on a harder difficulty or something like that. So... I guess there is pros to it. You know, there's no harm in trying it. They can always remove it if it's detrimental to the game. So, it, you know, it, they have done a lot of good stuff with Dragonflight. 
in my opinion. I haven't tried it yet. I will be trying Dragonflight. I have not touched at all Dragonflight since I bought it and I never played it. So I will be playing it this week and actually seeing my opinions because everyone says it's the best expansion since Legion, which is like three expansions ago. So apparently it is really good um, and just they didn't advertise it very well. And I think the last expansion left a huge sour taste in everyone's mouth. So no one's really played it. So, you know, they have done some good changes and it could be it could be something good. So I guess we'll find out. What's yeah. your thoughts on that yeah. as someone that's not really in it? And you're probably you're probably part of that community more of the people that, you know, don't want to deal with someone being a toxic prick to them because they don't know the uh, mechanics as much because you're only just starting to play it as well. Um, so what's yeah. your opinion? Well, it depends on, yeah, like uh, that's it. Like I, I feel like when you have a community like World of Warcraft, it's quite unique. It, it, it's existed for decades now. And like you think of one game that's been played by generations of people um mm. you know and and uh, people who have been playing it for a long time s- would get quite frustrated with people coming in and wasting time especially if you're queuing for dungeons yeah. um and you get in there and you go mate dude your fucking setup is shit you need to go back out you need to do this but i don't have time to sit here and teach you how to do it so fucking get out yeah. go you know and i feel like it'd be good for even I, I genuinely believe it might even be a good thing for, for pros even to, to test setups, to see how things go yeah. before they actually go into a dungeon with their mates. Uh, I think it could be a good thing as long as the only thing that could hurt this whole experiment would be that if it fucks up the queuing. If you're then mm. trying to queue for a dungeon and one guy with his fucking bot is queuing into your dungeon raid and you're like fuck i don't want a bot in my raid yeah fuck i think off. it's um it de- i think i read into on it and they said that it's like if you let's say me and you play the game together i think the way they said it works is if you're playing and i'm playing and i invite you to my party we can queue what was yeah, that i can't drink i can't drink fucking liquid oh. i just spilled <laughs> yeah and you myself. can queue up you can queue up as a group with npcs as long as you're in a pre-existing party so i don't think it will affect any like if you queue for anything you're queuing just for players so it's like a private yeah. lobby type thing um the one thing that you know you need to raise a good point is it could actually affect the queues in fact of now a lot of solo players may go well screw queuing up i i'm just gonna do it with npcs and then that makes yeah. those wait times for people that do want to play with people way longer because now a portion of you know, the people that did queue up are now going, well, fuck it. I'm going to use my time wise and just do it with NPCs anyway. Um, yeah. Which is kind of sad. I feel like, yeah, I, I like to think, look, in my opinion, if they don't, there's there's a certain thing in retail well, uh, with dungeons, which isn't in classic or anything like that, where you've got your normal difficulty, your uh, heroic, then it goes mythic, and then there's what's called mythic plus, right? So it's like if anyone's played Diablo, or anything like that. It's basically, it keeps getting harder and harder and harder and harder as long as you're completing it and unlocking the next level. You can just keep going, 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 going. So you can be doing Mythic Plus 20 and adds in a bunch of different, you know, every enemy explodes and does damage to everyone, you know, like certain things. If they don't allow the NPCs to enter above Mythic and into those Mythic Plus, then that will still be good because it allows people to 
play you know the normal difficulty heroic difficulty with npcs and learn it all and then you know they want to go any harder they've got to join with actual players and work as a group because if they just make it to the point where npcs can carry people and you've just got to fill your one role and the npcs will do the rest for you then that'll that'll be detrimental and you know i'll I'll give credit to blizzard they've actually started doing mythic competitions now where they get teams to come together and compete at who can clear the hardest dungeon as fast as the other person. They actually do it for money and stuff. So, yeah, you know, right. I would like to think that well, they're not PVE going to competitions. Yeah, PVE competitions. So they get, yeah, wow. let's say me, you, Dylan, two other friends wanted to make our own team where we're dedicated to clearing Mythic Plus hardest difficulty. We will then compete against another team from anywhere around the world and see who completes this hard difficulty dungeon faster. The winner moves on to the next round. So it's to find like the most well-oiled machine, basically. Um, and it's actually done really well, apparently. So, um, yeah, that that I'd, I'd like to think that they're not going to go ahead and ruin that. Um, oh, yeah, probably They'd not. be pretty dumb to stab themselves in the back. So, you know, it could be a good, could be a good mechanic. They have made pretty good moves lately, you know, with classic season of discovery, hardcore mode. I think they are starting to listen to the community. So who knows? Maybe there was a portion of people that were really asking for it. Um, I guess time will <clears throat> Maybe. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Well, that was a good uh, first quick news. It lasted about 11 minutes, so that was mm. good. Uh, <laughs> it was probably a beefy one uh, anyway. Another, another one, uh, which probably won't affect yourself, but uh, Hearthstone, another Blizzard, they're mm. removing uh, one of their um game modes from the entire thing uh come april uh they're removing duels from the game entirely so they're not going to do any more updates from now it's duels. finished duels is like a uh it's like an arena where you, you you go in you pick your hero and then you have to build a deck so you got to choose 16 cards i think it's 16 mm-hmm. straight up and then you choose a modifier um or like a buff yeah okay then you battle and every battle that you go into win or lose you get to add cards to your deck and you it it ends when you either have 12 victories or three losses if you lose three times that's it you're out if you yeah to i win think i have 12 games I think magic the gathering <clears throat> have a similar like the magic gathering arena have a similar game mode so i think i know kind of what you're yeah. talking about yeah, so they're fucking that off. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what they're trying to do there. I've kind of, as much as I was getting into Hearthstone quite a bit, it's kind of uh, kind of turned me off a little bit recently. There seems to be every time you go online, you might build a deck and I don't know what the fuck happens. And I, I tried to say this the other day on like, a, I can't remember who I was talking to, but I got shut down. It's like, oh, that's just how it is, right? Um mm. And I, I genuinely think, because you know, like in WoW, you have all these um, stuff that you can download to better your experience in WoW and it helps you and aids you yeah. Um, to, yeah, to you know, yeah. do things. Yeah. Uh, whereas like Hearthstone has things like uh, you download it and it basically, um, <laughs> it sounds like cheating. It, it You download it and it'll, if it, it'll calculate uh so like your best move. you know yeah like it, you, in hearthstone you get like your your first cards and you can mm. select cards you don't want to like you want to yeah, redraw mulligan. yeah 
yeah, it will calculate a percentage of how many players select, keep these cards in the first round and win. So it calculates which are the best cards to hold yeah, on to, right. which cards get rid of. And then it also calculates things like if um, the other person's deck, if they're playing a secret, which you don't know about, it can actually calculate mathematically what secret they might have played given their hand and all this sort of shit, which gives you an advantage. But it also gives you uh, decks that are currently winning and have the highest percent rate of wins and blah, 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 right? So because I've, I've read into this and because I, I really wanted to get into Hearthstone and this is one of the things that heaps of players were doing. And I was like, no, it, it sounds like it's, it sounds like cheating. It sounds like it's taking the fun away of you building your own deck and, you know, yeah. coming across to, to defeat people and all those. It, it, to me, it felt like it was taking away from the experience of what deck building games are supposed to be about. So then every season you jump in, you start playing ranked and you'll fucking you'll play one game and there'll be one guy and he'll have a specific deck and he'll cream you and you'll be like oh fuck okay it's either mm. a i just got unlucky or b they just had a really good deck and then you go okay back into ranked you just keep your same deck because you just want to make sure it's not a not a mulligan or b yeah. fucking and then next guy same deck you get fucking creamed again yeah okay back in next guy same deck and then you're just sitting there going well someone's figured out a, like a, a recipe to cream everyone that's got the highest percent win rate then everyone copies that deck and then fucking makes that deck and then comes into ranked yep. and then everyone just starts creaming everyone because they've all got the same deck yep and it happens every season and it's fucking infuriating and it do, it takes yeah. away from the fun i don't well, know it's the I, same thing with magic the gathering arena they, they have the exact same problem where it's like you know, you once you hit the higher ranks, when you hit like diamond, and you're trying to push that mythic ranking where you're in the top fifteen hundred, everyone's using pretty much the same deck. So, you know, whether that's a red aggro where they try and win in the first three rounds, or a lifesteal deck where they try and drag it out, or you know, I versed a guy who literally it went on for about twenty five minutes before one of us just went, "We're done," because we both were playing the same deck of lifelink. And our health was at 300. So in Magic the Gathering, you start with 20 life, pretty similar to a Hearthstone. We were at like 300 and something because we were just healing up so much to the point where we were like, this is just going to go on for us. So I just surrendered. I was like, fuck this. Yeah. And that's what the higher tier of... It's like when you start playing, you're like, oh, this is great. You got a diversity of... But that's because it's kind of your shit of casual players where they just fuck around with whatever decks they want. But once you get to that yeah. higher tier, it's only specific min-maxing the best of the best ways to do things and it's the same with world of warcraft once you play arenas and you get to 2v2s once you're in the higher ranks you've only got you know the perfect duos of you know a resto shaman and a, war uh, a warrior or a double rogue combo and it's just the same combo after the same combo the same classes because it's what people figured out to be the most successful um, yeah. and that's just kind of the shit side of playing anything competitive it's once you get good it starts to get way, way more toxic and way sweatier. Well, yeah, especially uh, games like that. Like, I mean, if it's something like Call of Duty or fucking yeah, FIFA you can't or really. Like yeah, that, there's a finite, yeah, there's a finite fucking end. Whereas, yeah, and it, the the worst thing about the Hearthstone that I hate 
conceding to a defeat, right? I'll let yeah. it, I'll, if I know I'm losing, I'll see it out. I'll fucking try and I'll continue yeah. until they defeat me. But then you get some fuckwits who have the, the decks that just like, they fatigue you. So they, they have like this, they like wank each other off, right? Because they go, well, I didn't attack their boss. I just made them die. Yeah, by, by losing all them. your cards. And yeah, stuff, and, yeah. And, and they'll fucking troll you for the whole time. And because I have a reasonably good deck, I'm I'm surviving, but I'm prolonging my own death. So in the end, I'm just fucking ending my Wasting round. Time, yeah. And then they, they won't, del- even though they've got a full side of the field that can just defeat yeah. me with one go, they'll continue playing these cards to make me fatigue because they're like, I'm not touching your hero. You're going to just die. And it's so infuriating. It's a toxic oh, yeah. uh, community, and yeah, once you get to the higher levels, yeah, I, I I hate it, and I've I've stopped playing because it just it's a a repetition, and uh, it's a, basically the definition of in, insanity, and uh, I don't think it's ever gonna change. Yeah, yeah, um, that's it. yeah. Well, uh, the last of the quick news that I have, uh, which is not many, right? Everyone, forgive me. Fuck off. Uh, Jack Black has been cast in the new Minecraft movie. I was, I have the exact same thing. Jack Black joins Jason Momoa in Minecraft movie. Jason Momoa's the in there as well. Yep, Jason Momoa's in it too. Jesus Christ. What the so, hell could a Minecraft movie be about? I, I actually have no idea. I, I was trying to read it to to figure it out, um, but the, the production is set to begin in New Zealand. So... <laughs> Who knows? Okay. Maybe it's maybe yeah. it's like a Lord of the Rings esque type vibe to it, um, and it's it's meant to come out in twenty twenty five. So, um, yeah, right. So twenty twenty five is going to be the year. Yep. So well, you got actually, Superman Legacy coming out that year too. So not only that, I just read a... this year that it's it's directed by Jared Hess, uh, and he previously directed um, Black in Nacho Libre and is also known for the movies Napoleon Dynamite and Gentleman Broncos. So it's probably going to be some sort of really stupid comedy Minecraft movie. Um, yeah, which are all my favorite films. Yeah, exactly. And the Minecraft movie has been in the works for years before this. It's always sunny in uh, Philadelphia. I was making the Minecraft movie before it fell apart in 2018. So this is, Probably something that's been going on for a while. So who knows? It could be, could be a really good, could be a really good little movie. I love anything with Jack Black, to be honest. So I'm pretty. Yeah. Ha- Once I see Jack Black's in something, I get pretty excited. Um, yeah. Well, I'll close yeah, that tab. I'll, 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 watch, that one. I'll watch. Yeah. Well, that was it. That was it for the quick news. Because uh, yeah, it was pretty I, much yeah, it. Yeah, so my quick news exactly. is probably more of. More of a stupid. <laughs> I've got one here which I found funny. I don't know if you've ever heard of the game Star Citizen. I've followed it for a while because I, I've played games like Elite oh. Dangerous on virtual reality, yep. and I love Elite Dangerous. And Star Citizen's like Elite Dangerous, but on steroids, and it's only for people like Elon Musk and Bill Gates who can afford to play it, um, because yeah. you actually have to spend real life money to get things. And if you die, all those things you bought go so you then need to spend more money to get it back again and star citizen has now just said that they're selling a forty-eight thousand dollar bundle that will include every ship so if you've got 48 grand you can buy every ship in star citizen right now 
um, for your fleet. So that's that's pretty pretty. Uh, that that comes with 175 <clears throat> ships. So if you do the math on that in Star Citizen, 48,000 divided by 175, you're looking at a measly $280 a ship. So that's not like too bad. What's, what's 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 gaming these days? Like what <laughs> what even is? It's just a, video it's just gaming? a second job. Um, so yeah. yeah, that that's that one. Um, and then the other one I have is that the uh, Metal Gear Solid Three remake is coming out this year. Um, which yes, I haven't really yeah. touched Metal Gear Solid for a while. Oh, so have you seen it? Have you seen the the ah. mate? Go watch it. Go like after this. Obviously, I don't know how to yeah. make it. Uh, come up on this bad boy but they've got a uh, unreal 5 engine uh gameplay sort of and it's fucking phenomenal it, it's like espionage it's like it's all uh you know you got to sneak around and and kill dudes but uh metal gear solid is one of them games that if you get into the story and all that sort of stuff you'll have a great time and you got to take your time figure out how to defeat things and there's unlimited ways to uh complete an objective there's no like follow this singular path and do these particular yeah. things to make this happen you can literally go you need to go over there and do that you can just go oh, okay fucking just walk in there and start blasting or sneak around and do it like you could just do whatever you want and yeah the, the yeah oh i am actually looking forward to that that's uh that's gonna be a good one yeah it's sure. um I've, i haven't really like i remember when i was younger playing metal gear solid but i have not touched that in a very long yeah. time so it may be something that i actually end up giving a crack because I, I i do remember metal gear solid has been like you know it was one of the one of the better it was like battlefield when i was younger like it was one of the top dogs of its era and then it just kind of disappeared and died. no one heard from it again so that's pretty cool and the uh the last thing or second last thing i had was that msi the gaming company which i'm sure everyone knows that's listened to this um, they've just teased that they're going to do their own Steam Deck competitor. So yeah, now wow. you've got the Steam Deck, you've got the Asus uh, ROG Ally uh, handheld, yep. and now MSI is teasing that they're going to be releasing one. Um, so that'll be that'll be pretty good. Now you've got three competitors in it, three big boys competing in it. So you know, to be honest, Nintendo is going to have to come up with something really good to make me want to buy another switch um just to play nintendo exclusive games so yeah, this is the thing though this is the thing nintendo right this is like we're talking japan yeah, never, right yeah. you fucking go like any game that comes out of there right any game and i'm uh, nintendo specifically they know what video games are about they understand yeah. what it is to actually video game and the Nintendo Switch is popular because they just give people what they want and they just produce the game. Like, the the graphics aren't fucking phenomenal and going to blow your yeah. mind. Like, I mean, the Zelda games that I've played, like, um, you know, Breath of the Wild when that came out, like, it wasn't, like, groundbreaking. Yeah. But the gameplay was fun. The storyline was, uh, you know, addicting to, to yeah, get I into really and the it. collectibles and all sorts of shit. They know what to do there. And... Steam Deck and ROG. I, I I was this close to getting that Asus uh, thing, and then I was oh, like, I, "Yeah, if what? I didn't buy my gaming laptop, hundred percent, I would have bought that." 
because that would have been such a good thing to bring rural when I went rural for work. Um, but see, yeah, but that's, I'm but actually, that's the thing. I'm actually old school. I've got, I've got this um, Nintendo here, which I still use every now and then. Um, <laughs> and this one, this one still holds up pretty well. Um, yeah, but it costs the same as a gaming laptop. Like, why not just get a gaming laptop? You could just do... The only advantage I do like about it over a laptop is a laptop requires me to be sitting at a desk. Whereas the the handheld, which is you know a little cheaper than a decent laptop, I can sit on the couch. I can connect it to it. I can bring a monitor and a keyboard mouse with me and make any monitor a computer. Um, so personally, if I could go back in time, I would probably fuck off my laptop and get a ROG Ally, just because yeah, I just like, like the a. Yeah, you just get an Xbox controller and just plug it into the TV. Pretty much, yeah. You can turn any any are. screen into a, an absolute console. So I do. You no, know, that's what I meant. Like that's what I did when I went to your house and we were doing the LAN party, and I sat there like yeah. a melon, right? I was playing my computer on your TV. It was like a console. It's, yeah, it was the same shit. Yeah, that that's why I just love computers because computers are just, and that's why I'm actually. It's so cool to me that now they're bringing a computer to a fucking handheld like you know when we were young we had the psp and we had the the nintendo ds and that was pretty much it and those were you know good for their era but you compared it to any console it was subpar whereas now you're getting something in your hand that's nearly as good as what you're playing on on a you know a desk so yeah, that but is but, like, but, but the thing with the handheld game is though, like the handheld thing, you you you're you're cutting in half the amount of games that you can play. The beauty about the computer is it's all mouse and keyboard. The minute you go back to that controller setup, you're only limited to a, a certain oh, amount yeah. of games that actually work. But also, like realistically, when you think about it, how many times do you sit on the couch and think I could play a Nintendo Switch right now or Oh, for sure. You know, the again, only time it, it, it's so, yeah, I, I would only say it's really good if you're like, yeah, you know, someone like me who, with the work I was doing, every month I'd go away for a week and I'd spend time in a hotel. It was more convenient. That's why I bought the laptop, so I had something to bring with me, something to do. So if you were someone that you know, let's say you're an airplane flight hostess or something, and you love gaming, and you every night you're staying somewhere different, or you know your job is just traveling something like a handheld or a laptop's great and then being able to you know just have you know you could bring a handheld and you could just bring a mouse and a keyboard in your car and you can go to any hotel plug it in bang you got a computer so for though for that reason yeah like if you know if you don't travel much it's pretty pointless but it's cool to to see that technology is getting to a point where something this big now can play pretty much any game like all that tells me is how much better in 20 years is virtual reality gonna get you know like we're at we're at the breaking like just the virtual reality hitting the market type thing you know 20 years from now when you compare the ds to what an rog ally is now imagine what virtual reality is going to be like it's going to be mind-boggling how accurate these things will be like the the new meta quest that just came out the Quest 3 that came out not long ago, you can now put that on. It'll scan the room you're in and you can play Call of Duty Zombies in your room. So things will start breaking through your doors, your windows, and you can react in the room as if you're in your house because it is your house and you're playing and it and it's super high detailed. 
So you think about 20 years from now, how insane games are going to be. It's it's going to be mind-boggling. There'll be RPGs. Who knows? Mm. You could get to the point where Ready Player One is a serious thing and there's people competing. And you've got guys that are athletes now because you actually have to do the thing in the game that you've been doing the whole time. You've got to dolphin dive in your room because that's oh. the best way to do it. I'll tell you what. I When I got the PlayStation VR, they had that game... Um... I can't remember what it was, but it, it was full interactive with the, the PSVR gun that you mm. could get. But you had to stand up the whole time. I lasted yeah. about 10 minutes before my back started hurting. Exactly. I was like, how the fuck? You, you go yeah, and play the, the game called um, the, the Boxing Simulator. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but Thrill of the Fight, that's it, on virtual reality. If anyone's got it, it's a gym workout. You, th- you have to throw the punches. You have to bob and weave. You've got to move. And it's based on your stamina. So if you start getting tired, well, your character's getting tired. It's not like Creed yeah, where right. you're limited. It's it's you as a fighter and it gets harder and harder and harder to the point where I'm sweating bollocks. Like I've got to take it off between rounds and I'm actually using the timeout where it's like, all right, timeout. And you sit there for two minutes. I'm actually in the corner of my ring going, <laughs> trying to get my breath back so I can finish the fight. So... It's going to get to a point yeah. where it's, yeah, it'll be like a little gym, you know, having a virtual reality. So, for those that don't know how much Zach sweats, he sweats playing World of Warcraft. So yeah, I can. Yeah, I need I need air conditioning at all times. Um, yeah. And yeah, so the last of my news was just the fact that Baldur's Gate three has won the Game of the Year at the Steam Awards. And yeah, congratulations, well deserved. Yeah, hundred percent. Baldur's Gate three is, you know, I've always loved the company. Um, they did Divinity Original Sin. I loved Divinity Original Sin. And yep. when I, as a D&D player, found out that you know Wizards of the Coast got them to make the game, I knew it was going to be an absolutely amazing game. I'm still yet to finish it. I haven't really like got that far in. But from what I've played, it's Divinity Original Sin, just in a D&D universe. And it's, yeah, awesome. And in the fact yep. that they have yep. the same amount of cutscenes as the entirety of the Game of Thrones eight seasons just tells you how much detail they've put into everything in the game. So, mm. and they're a small yep. company. So, well, well, you know, obviously now they've probably got a lot bigger, but at the time they weren't a huge company. So, um, well, you could definitely tell the difference between um, someone doing something for, for passion. Mm. and someone doing something for money. And yeah, exactly. I think uh, the job they did on Baldur's Gate um, 3 is insane. Like it, it, the attention to detail, the uh, dialogue choices, everything is so much. It, Baldur's Gate 3, to me, and in my opinion, is the reason why I immediately turned off uh, the new fucking Bethesda Starfield within 10 yeah. minutes. Yeah, like it, it was uh, Baldur's Gate three was phenomenal, and like and I was gonna say, you know, yeah. it's really funny to what you just said about Starfield. That actually won the most innovative gameplay. What a first put! What it's the same as fucking Fallout <laughs> three, just better graphics. I don't understand it. I saw it. I was like, that is the stupidest shit. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, yeah, Baldur's Gate three also that, won. Yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 also won the outstanding story-rich game, which obviously that was... Oh, hands down. Yeah. What, it's... like, you you heard the backlash with all the Spider-Man 2 fans? No. No? 
It was uh, all over Twitter when Baldur's Gate 3 won and all these people were coming out going, look at the gameplay of uh, Spider-Man 2 versus the gameplay of Baldur's Gate 3 and tell me why Baldur's Gate 3 deserved it. And it was incredible. Like, I've played Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man yeah. 1. Fucking love it. Fantastic game. Beautiful yeah. game to look at. Amazing gameplay. Very good storylines, like real, like realistic, down-to-earth superhero storylines, which are fantastic. Can't fault the game. There's nothing wrong with Spider-Man 2. Baldur's Gate 3 shits on it, though. And yeah, that's, yeah. that's like Spider-Man 2's up here. Fucking Baldur's Gate 3 is like hitting the moon somewhere. Yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 will but, go on as one of the greats. Like, it's going to be a game but, that people uh, will be playing for a long time. The online community on Twitter at that time, I wish I saved some of the tweets, were fantastic. All these people going, oh, you know, look at this gameplay. And it will show like Spider-Man kicking ass, swinging from webs, doing all this like fast-paced maneuvering mm. battle shit. And then, yeah, it cuts to Baldur's Gate 3 where you got to like click and move the like the character you moves a little bit. And gotta... yeah. yeah, and it's like, yeah, but no, like it, yeah. you've got no fucking idea. And it, it was good that the online community just not bash, but like came to the defense going, well, <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> like you've got no idea what makes a good game. Yeah, I think, uh, I think what makes Baldur's Gate 3 or Divinity Original Sin such a great concept is you've got D&D, which is a tabletop game that has been going on for so long. And there's so many people out there that have played D&D and there's not many people I've ever met that have done a D&D session in real life and hated it because it is a really well thought out tabletop game. So I think what Baldur's Gate 3 and Divinity Original Sin do is it brings D&D to a bunch of people that would never even think of trying D&D and going, holy shit, this is really fun. Well, of course it's fun because it's been built on a tabletop game that's been going for over 50 years. So the concept of it and the combat, it may seem slow, but it's chess. You're literally playing chess. You're playing virtual chess with multiple pieces and you, you've got to stop and it's real-time strategy. You've got to stop and go, all right, hey, what's the best way to approach this? And it makes you feel like you're some absolute god when you pull off some really fun little cooler interactions. But you're also doing it with friends and it makes it fun. And I think it's bringing that style of tabletop game where you're interacting with mates and you're actually role-playing to people that would never think of it. The people that are actually you know experiencing for the first time are going, holy shit, this is amazing. And everyone that's done D&D is going, yeah, I know we've been telling you for ages, play D&D, like it's really good. <laughs> um, and I think that's why it's blown up so big is because now everyone's just going, what a great concept of a game. And I guarantee yeah. you, Games are going to start doing shit like this. Like Warhammer's already done it. They just released Warhammer Rogue Trader or whatever. It's basically Divinity Original Sin and Baldur's Gate 3, but now 40K. So it's just going to be a thing where Baldur's Gate 3 has probably just opened up this whole new style of gameplay where companies are going to start making story progression games with that, with the D&D concept of like, you know, mm. chess style gameplay, um, which I love. I love that strategy style where you've got to stop and, take turn-based games you know i love turn-based yeah. it's, it's fun yeah there's only so much button mashing games i can handle these days yeah where like something the like that game. where it slows down and makes you think and you actually got to like put some thought into it like get like as i i like games that you can just turn off and just play yeah and just let muscle memory do the job but Baldur's gate 3 really makes you like sit down pay attention focus on what your abilities are 
and that really emerged. level and scope how you want to play the game and really yeah. forward think strategies and all that sort of stuff. I, I enjoy that to a degree. Yeah, yeah and it, it immerses uh, I, you into the world because you, you have to think, you know, you're you're sitting there and all your mind's focused on is how the hell am I going to kill these three bandits with a barrel of toxic waste, two arrows and mm-hmm. a sword. You know, so and it makes you go, you think, and you you're in the game when you're thinking about it. Whereas other games, where you're just butter yep. mashing, you know, you're, just, you're turning off and you're playing. So it gives people that first sense of, wow, this is what immersion in a game's like because you feel like you're yep. actually in it and you're the person controlling everything. And yep. it's a really cool. I, I love the concept. I love turnstile based games. You know, I think XCOM did a similar thing. I never really played XCOM, but you know. And apparently yeah, that was really good too so XCOM was like yeah like similar right you're gonna play strategic but the difference between XCOM and uh this is almost the same as what Spider-Man 2 versus Elden Ring is Spider-Man 2 uh is very linear you jump in yes it's RPG it's open world but you you have to follow a certain story to complete it same yeah. with um um fucking XCOM. You, you yes you you do different you know um missions and they, they it's like not procedurally generated but it's randomized a little bit but you have to follow a certain story to finish that story in in a singular direction elden ring and like boulder's gate like elden ring was one of those games you create your character you do your little intro and then you get cast into a world and you do what the fuck you want you yep. uh go through you battle whichever boss you want to battle first you 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 go to whatever area you want to go to first you just have to be good enough to do it and Baldur's yeah. Gate 3 is very very similar you get cast into a yeah. world it's like there's no direct path fucking go this way go that way and everyone has a different experience and it I genuinely believe this is why it won game of the year same as why Elden Ring won game of the year and because the online community, the community of gamers came together and it was like stories. Everyone had a different story. You playing Baldur's Gate 3 had a different experience to me playing Baldur's Gate 3. If we were to discuss the game together, you and I would have different stories, different tactics, different everything. You'd go, oh, did you do this? I go, no, I did that. Even though we've played the game for 20 hours, we haven't touched the same bit of soil. Whereas someone going, oh, Spider-Man 2, did did you enjoy that particular mission or that? Did you, did you do this? And it's, everyone's going, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that. Yeah, I did that. There's nothing to really to talk about, discuss and find out what's the best way to, to do things. And yeah, that's why Elden Ring. Yeah, won yeah, game I think of it, year it brought because... like a community aspect. Like I remember what, like when Elden Ring was huge, you had TikToks, you had Reddit, you had YouTube videos of people helping each other figure out how to fucking do it because there's, there's yeah. no hand holding. And really, now that I think about it, these what these games are kind of doing is giving that MMO sandbox experience to single-player games. You know, you, the only time you really experience something like that where it's just go out there and do whatever the fuck you want is typically MMOs, Rust, Sandbox, which is all PvP, open world. It's not very often, you know, probably games like Skyrim give you that same vibe, but, you know, since then, or GTA... They only come once in a blue moon. There's not many games that come out that do open world, go do whatever the hell you want type aspect <coughs> that well. You know, it, sometimes people pull it off. Sometimes it's just dog shit. Um, you know, like when I think of uh, Cyberpunk, it was done okay, but 
the, they didn't make the world feel alive. You know, like when you play something like Skyrim or, or Witcher or whatever, and you go into a town, it feels alive. It feels like you're in the game. Cyberpunk felt like I was the game. And if I wasn't there, nothing was happening. And I think that's what Baldur's Gate and Elden Ring do is they kind of put you in this world where it's just do whatever you want. And, you, you know, if you've never done an MMO before, you don't get that experience very often unless, you know, you get a game like Skyrim coming along, which is once in a blue moon. So I think that's why these games are so treasured is because they're hard to pull off. It's hard to pull off that game, you know, aspect where you go in and you can do whatever you want and it feels it feels like you're actually achieving something. It's a hard concept to pull off. So when someone does it well, it just blows up. Everyone wants to play it because everyone's chasing yeah. that feeling again of, oh, when you know when Skyrim came out, how good was it all? MMO players, oh, when I first played WoW, the magical feeling and everyone's chasing the next MMO. It's hard to have them come along. So when they come along, it, it just goes to the top of the charts because everyone's been chasing it. So they've done yeah. really well, just like Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead actually won an award, Labor of Love, um, for Red Dead Redemption 2, which I guess it makes sense, Labor of Love. You know, they put in a lot of time into that story. It's probably one of the better story games to come out for a long time. Um, you know, it's a lot better than... Oh, it uh, is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was 2. actually pretty disappointed with... Uh, I loved Red Dead so much. And I remember when Red Dead, the first one came out, how amazing the online PvP was and, you know, lassoing some screaming kid going, let me go! And, you know, you lasso him, you, you spawn, and it was the greatest fun I've ever had in an online game. And Red Dead Redemption 2 came out, and oh my god, that campaign was so good. And all I was thinking is, I can't wait for PvP, this is going to be amazing. And then Rockstar just went, yeah, we don't really give a shit, you know, GTA 5 generates us way more money. So we put a lot of effort into the storyline, but that's where the game ends. So that was yeah. really disappointing for me. I, I was there was keen. It was... It- heavily heavily disappointed and i think the worst part the worst part about red dead redemption 2 online for me was you had to play with other people you had to you couldn't just have a go on your own oh and i just it fucking infuriated me that i just could not just jump in level up my character and do what i wanted alone for a bit and then if i wanted to play with mates later i can play like you either had to play with someone else or, you, or, or no. And I, I did not like that at all. And I, I never really played it at all. It just oh, didn't yeah. didn't work for me. And but that's, um, um, actually, I was going to say, I had one thing that I was going to bring up. It's not part of the short news anymore. So I guess we can move on from the short news. Well, we're over, we're, we've been over short news since the first fucking one. Yeah. We're 40 minutes in. Short news has been finished. Yeah. Our, which... Yeah. Which with this with this news, I don't know if me, you, and Dylan have ever spoken about it. I feel like we may have, but we've never mentioned it on the podcast. You know, obviously, we actually ended up making this podcast. I don't think we've ever spoken about where we got the idea of or why we wanted to do it. Um, but you know, we were all sitting at comic, uh, no, Supernova, and you know, we're having a chat. And mine and Taylor's partners always bag on us because we just sit there and talk about games all the time. We realize how much of a good conversation we have sometimes when we just sit down and nerd out. And it all came about Lord of the Rings, um, what's it called? The new Amazon TV series coming out. And we just spoke about it all the time. Like, oh, how shit. And speaking about it, speaking about it, speaking about it. So like, let's make a let's make a podcast where we can air out all the shit that we you know, speak about when we have issues with things. So that, <laughs> I'm really surprised we've never spoken about this. But 
So obviously everyone knows how well Amazon did with the Lord of the Rings TV show and how much of a success that was and um, how much that really brought to the genre. Amazon have now announced that they're working on a new game. And that game is Lord of the Rings MMORPG. Um, that's going to be made by Amazon, which for everyone that doesn't know, there already is one there. And there has been one since 2007 called Lord of the Rings Online who were going to upgrade their game, which is an amazing game. And they were going to revamp it, you know, with the back success of the new TV series from Amazon. Um, And because of that TV series not succeeding as gratefully as it should have, it was a great TV show. Um, Lord of the Rings Online decided that wasn't worth investing $3 million into. Um, But Amazon have gone, well, you know what? We'll make a game. So I don't know if we've ever spoken about it, but what's your opinion on Amazon now taking on Lord of the Rings as a new MMO, which already exists um, from another company? Uh, Depends. Genuinely fucking depends. If they just do the right thing and uh, for, for just two seconds, just drop the box ticking and just create a a good game with a great story similar to lord of the rings online original that sort of shit just Mm -hmm. make it a nerd thing again make it nerdy so i can delve into a world and uh escape from this this bullshit reality not to go in and be told how to act and that i'm evil and if they have the graphics and gameplay like New World, it'll be fine. I think it will yeah. succeed. I think they'll do really fucking well for themselves. And I, I'm in the same they'll world. be rewarded by the fans more so than what they are being done with Rings of Power. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think uh, New World is an amazing gameplay game. There's fuck all content and it gets stale very quick. But the actual combat, uh, the, the way they've done crafting and all those types of things, they did phenomenal at. The best combat I've ever experienced in an MMORPG. So if they take those aspects and make that Lord of the Rings and cut the political shit out of it and do it true to what the books are, then I think it'll be an amazing game. But if they if they go, we're going to base this on our TV series, then it will flop. And it will it probably oh. won't get released, in my opinion. No. Um, because once people no. see the first gameplay, you know, teaser and it's yeah, yeah, some black elf walking around in the downtown streets of Detroit and realise, hey, this is not Lord of the Rings at all, it's not gonna go very well. Um, and I think people would just they they'll probably just can it if it doesn't receive enough uh, attention on the first because Amazon has a track record of doing exactly that. They release a game and go, we're going to release it. And everyone goes, oh, this looks like shit. And they go, all right, fucking can it then. So I reckon they're going to... Yeah, they, yeah, they make smart business decisions except for Rings of Power and uh, fucking Wheel of Time. Yeah. Except oh, for the things that day, all these fans fucking love. They fucking yeah. shit on it. Still to this day, my favorite thing that has come from Rings of Power is the YouTube meme of someone putting like their EastEnders style intro over their really stupid intro teaser that they did for all their characters where it fades in and out of and it's like Calibrimble going like, and it's like yeah, some EastEnders song. 
<laughs> get like, your new hair fragrance. It's yeah. the worst. Oh, it's yeah. It's um. It's yeah. We'll see. Who knows? If they if they completely go back on their show and go, look, we screwed up on that. It could be a great. They day. haven't, man. They haven't. That's the, yeah, that's no. what I thought you were bringing up, and I started to get a headache because they haven't. They yeah. haven't gone. Rings of Power was such a failure that from the first episode where it was such a huge um, viewership on the first episode, they lost roughly 30% of their viewership every episode following to the point that only 34% of people who started Rings of Power finished Rings of Power. 34% or around about that, right? Around 30 to 40% of people who started it finished it. That is fucking horrible. Yeah. Fucking horrible. But everyone's racist. Everyone's sexist. And did they did they go, oh, they, they, they followed the same thing that the Witcher series did after the first season backlash. They went, oh, no, no, no. Second season, we'll, we'll follow the books more. Like, we, we, we promise, you know, like we're going to, yeah. we've learned from our mistakes. And then they fucking double down. And Amazon are doing the same shit right now. Because have you seen who they've uh, cast a Sauron for the second season? No. <laughs> right. Google this name. Okay. Gavi Singh Shera. Gavi Singh. So G-A-V-I yeah. space S-I-N-G-H space C-H-E-R-A. Yeah, He's the new Sauron. Oh, for season my. two. <laughs> now look, nothing against the actor, nothing at all, nothing. I, I genuinely, probably a great guy, probably great actor, right? But how hard is it from 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 the perspective of Amazon and the pers- from the perspective of like fans? When the Rings of Power was announced, right at the beginning, and they said it's a second uh, age storyline. Fans were like uh, in the millions going, I can't wait to see how they do Anatar, the Lord of Gifts, right? That was the most exciting prospect of how they were going to do it. And we didn't get it in season one. We got some don't know who, right? And in, in season two, we get this guy who looks nothing like Anatar in his fair form, looks nothing like... Uh, even um, Mayron, who was like, when he was still like a fucking Maya, right? Looks n- nothing, like nothing like it. And it's so disappointing that Rings of Power and the creators of the show double down on this shit and go, why don't people like it? Why? Are you racist? It's like got nothing to do with it. Just give us what we want for fuck's sake. Like oh, it's how just, fucking yeah. hard. Sauron to me is meant to be striking fear into men themselves. And no offense to Garvey Singh. Look, he's a good looking dude. You know, he, he's a pretty good looking. But yeah. I'm not looking uh, for. I, I'm sorry, but the, probably the last person that I find intimidated are Bollywood actors. So I really don't think that he's the perfect person to play the most intimidating man in Lord of the Rings. I mean, you should probably um, watch the movie RRR and you might change your mind on the intimidation part, but <laughs> I get what you're saying. 
I get That's... what you're saying. Oh, it's like like Sauron. Yeah. Sauron is like one of the one of the greatest uh, villains ever made, right? Because he goes from being um, practically a god on the good side, and he's training under Aeol, who created the dwarves. He learns all his smithing, his uh, all his workmanship, all that sort of shit. Then he slowly starts to get corrupted by Melkor. And then he weans over to Melkor's side, acting as an agent from the inside, then totally goes all like Dark Lord shit. Melkor gets destroyed. Sauron then goes into hiding because he's a fucking coward, right? Hides in fucking Angband until, um, you know, Melkor gets released and he goes, oh, oh, I can come out again. But in that time... He, he knew he couldn't overpower anyone. He knew the power of the elves were too too good. He knew he couldn't just beat him in a, in a in a battle. So he devised a way to go and deceive men who just came into the world and try and deceive the elves. And he knew by doing so, he'd have to put on a fair form and use his wit and his charm to work his way in and deceive and corrupt these people. And he did it and he succeeded for so long. And when you when you really delve into the characterization of Sauron, he's a master of chess. He didn't fucking fuck around. He planned things and he put things into place with the greater picture in mind of what was going to happen. And it took someone like Gandalf to really see what he was doing and do something like Thorin Oakenshield and all that sort of shit to get the party to go take, um, is it Erebor back? Yeah. Right? Because he knew that Sauron was somehow working his way to get Smaug in on it. And he knew that because Smaug is in there, blah, 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 blah. So Gandalf went, I can see where he's placing his chess pieces. We need to cut this off. Otherwise, we're fucking gone. Because Sauron's yeah. already done all the Haradrim, all the Easterlings. He's covered all the South. He's covered everything. All he needs is Erebor, right? He's got all this shit. And it takes someone like that to, you know, he's such a very well-developed villain. And to get someone like fucking Halbrand, who just fucking floated on a ship, fucked around, and then fucking had Galadriel turn him evil, is such a fucking insult to the character of Sauron it isn't funny. And people yeah. go, oh, you're just racist. You're just sexist. It's like, no. Do you understand what they've done? Do you mm. understand the potential of what they could have done versus what they did do, right? I, I get, it works me up. You shouldn't have mentioned it. You shouldn't well, have mentioned Rings of Power. It, it, or see, the thing is, I don't even understand why the fuck, what happened to the, the actor in season one that played Howbrand? Why isn't he Sauron? Well, oh, because they're, they're following the book, Zach. They're following the book. Sauron had different forms. Did you know that? Oh, so we gave that. him Halbrand, who never existed, and now we're going to give this guy, who never existed. I don't know who he's going to play. I, I genuinely don't know who he's going to play. I mean, we've already done a Sauron that never existed. Mordor, who, like, is... Sauron didn't even make, but now he's just going to take it over. Yeah. And then, but everyone knows that Sauron is back. 
So Galadriel knows, Elrond knows, all this sort of shit. So now he can't deceive them. It's not like the elves are going to stand there and this guy's going to rock up and go, oh, hey, hey, it's me. I, I'm I'm nice. Um, Let me in and let me, you know, they're going to go, no, no, we, we've been deceived before. Fuck off, right? Surely, because that's how a good person would write a story. But if he comes in as this deceiver or Anatar again, it's going to be that fool me once, fool me twice, fool me three times, and I'll still fucking get fooled. It's oh, going to be I'm... the shittest storyline ever if they do that shit. Yeah, it seems like to me they're just trying to double down on inclusiveness. So, you know, what they've got, they've had the Asians in it, they've, they've had, you know, African-American in it, they've got whites in it. I guess Indians were the last people to join. So now that they've got them in it, um, we're yeah, pretty they were, much they were only the missing Maoris. Like maybe they could get a couple Maoris in there, maybe like a Pacific Islander of any sort, Samoan, um, to maybe play like, you know, Calabrimbor. Maybe Calabrimbor just decided to mix it up. I don't know. You could do a lot of things with it, but I've, I've actually just gone on IMDb and they've casted another girl into... Uh, they haven't announced what it is, but she has signed on for season two, and her name is Tanya Moody, who is from um, Star Wars. Um, so yeah, a- another woman of color, which is great. It just doesn't make sense in in the setting of Lord of the Rings um, for this. It's not well, the problem. Well, it does. It, it like the, the the painful thing is, it does make sense. Well, because yeah, obviously, exist. I mean, yeah, they exist, but I mean, like, in but not, this not how, in the setting, how Rings of Power did it. Exactly. In the setting that they're trying to achieve, they don't exist in that part. And I've said it to, to a lot of friends now. I just wish Amazon went, hey, we don't need to touch anything Tolkien did. How about let's touch a story he didn't do and we'll wing it. Maybe let's make our own well, Easterlings they... <laughs> up or an island they south. Did. It's like, oh, they, yeah, they did. Yeah, they did Rings right. of Power, which Tolkien never did. Yeah. Now, I don't know where who this Galadriel is. I, you know what? The only thing that I was like would be fucking amazing if they did it, and I actually would have been impressed, was that if Galadriel was Sauron and it was a, a form that he had guised on to like deceive the. I genuinely would have been. I actually would have went fucking well done because you had me tricked and it kind of could work. Because it'll explain why she all of a sudden like can do the shit that she can do, and why she can take down a, a snow troll in fifteen seconds. Um, oh, I I it, mean, if people thought if people thought they fucking ruined Sauron, that they saw what oh, she, they honestly, you know how I realized they made me. They've they've actually ruined Galadriel so badly for me that I went on Lord of the Rings online last night to make my elf champion. And I was selecting my sub sub race, like where the the origin of where my my elf is from. And it has a couple of things, you know, like where it goes on about like the different areas of the elves and where your elves' backstory is from. And the one was um, from where Gladriel was from. And I went no, nah. and just get, as soon as I read the name Gladriel, it's now that imprinted in my head that I fucking hate her. From me being as a kid going, oh wow, look at this angelic woman. To now, I fucking despise you. That I see your name in Lord of the Rings. And I go, I don't even, I don't even care. I'm not even going to pick that. I'm going to move on. We're going with the Mirkwood Elves because it's just like you've ruined it. I, I now can't think of Galadriel as anything more than a feminist, and I fucking hate it. 
because she was such a cool chick before that where i used to think i remember as a kid going like whoa she's like angelic she's like yeah she was powerful you looked at i remember looking at gladual going she looks powerful and you know what in the hobbit i think they made gladual look even more badass when gandalf goes in and he's realized oh wait sauron's returned and elrond saruman and gladual storm in to help gandalf because they knew it and gladual turns into a big evil witch fucking thing and i'm like that's power right there she didn't even have to pick up a sword she just went fuck off basically and i was like that that's, was that's right that's what power is they in, in 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 all of that that's what power is and like uh, it, it's it's baffling it, it's so incredibly insane that they genuinely believe what they were doing in Rings of Power was awesome. I, I mean, even if it was just a like a general fucking um, fantasy show, it still would have been shit. It was the yeah, biggest piece of shit I've off. ever seen. Like, I, I genuinely, I cannot fucking believe that they did that. I, when I sit here as a fucking nobody and I know I can write better than them, that's yeah. bad. I'll enjoy watching things where I go, how creative, how actually genuinely brilliant was that? It's like going to a restaurant and me eating the food and going, you know what? I can cook better at home. I'm never coming back here again. It's the same thing rings about. I've never written a screenplay. I've never written a book, but I, I know for a fact, give me three months and I will have a better book or better storyline written than the shit that they fucking came up with. Yeah, it's funny you say that because the same thing happened with World of Warcraft where they were doing such backpedaling in their expansions where the shit was just like people going, what is this story right now? Where the fuck are we going? And one absolute grace of God on YouTube decided to make a really cool video and he titled it Question Mark. That was it. It was just called Question Mark, like just the symbol. And I think he's changed it now because it's blown up. And the whole thing was he made a story that you were convinced it was real and it was about him going on about how there's a zone in World of Warcraft where he was finding at each time of the of the night his character was randomly dying. It was this whole mystery and he was delving into it and he was reaching out to the developer on Reddit to figure out why, why is my character dying? And this, this uh guy from the blizzard team was very cryptic in his messages and just read so cow lady killer and you know he found out that that developer actually died on the night that he messaged and it was this whole 30 minute thing and it came out that that developer was actually a murderer he was the so cow lady killer from america and they found out that yeah you know, he killed himself because he they you know some forensic scientists came out and said look we found some some details that maybe had to pin the, the murder of these crimes. And he did this whole screwed up thing by putting these women in the world of Warcraft game. And, you know, we're sitting there, me, Dan and stuff watching this going, holy shit. Like what a fucked up thing to do in a game. And at the end of it, he goes, and the best part about it all was none of it existed. It was all made up. And if I, a nobody could make an engaging story about a fucking zone that no one's heard of in world of Warcraft, and you're all sitting here still watching it, then how the fuck does Blizzard not create one good expansion? <laughs> I was like, everyone was just like, well done. Like that was, he made a story out of fucking nothing, a zone that no one yeah. gives a shit about and gripped you for 30 minutes about something he made yeah. up. And it makes you go like, yeah. 
yeah, they just don't put any effort in. They're just they're slapping something together, hoping it makes them a bunch of money, and then piss off. They they're yeah. using the title uh, of Lord of the Rings to make them money. That's all it is. Absolutely, it's uh, it's, it's it's insane. Like I genuinely, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, if if you can think to yourself that you can do better, then it's no good. And I mean, The Witcher TV series, the same shit, and even The Wheel of Time. Like it, I I. Yep can't believe the state of writing these days like it is uh it is horrible and season two that's a horrible start horrible start yeah and and you know what what... i just came back from new zealand actually before we move on from this and i just went to the shire and speaking about them not putting in effort it made me realize how much effort peter jackson put into that fucking movie and I was sitting there with Riley, Rovi, and we're all talking about. We, we just went like, "Wow, we've we've hit a time period now where we're not going to get this quality ever again. It's all just put it in post, you know, whatever CGI. We'll get it out. We'll make some money. We'll pump it out in two years." And some of the details they told us about how when you went through the Shire, there's three trees. There's three trees. They pointed them out. They go, "Those trees there. Do you know what those trees are?" We're like what? They go, "They're apple trees." Now. And she told us a story about him. And those three apple trees in the book were a part where a couple hobbit children were eating plums off these trees. And they basically got these plums and turned them into some sort of a skull, like from the seeds or whatever. And Peter Jackson went, that's a really cool detail. I want that in the movie. But the issue was plum trees are tiny and he would have to get little children to play the hobbits to make it look right. And he's like, I don't want that because it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. So he shipped in apple trees, planted in apple trees, and they paid a guy to take every single leaf and apple off these trees and then put brand new leaves and fake plums on these trees. And he spent over six weeks doing it. Just this one guy. And those three trees were in the Lord of the Rings movie for less than five seconds. And that's the amount of detail he was putting into a fucking tree. And not only that, the tree on top of Bag End, it's fake. They use silicon, they used piping, they used silk from, uh, I can't remember which country it was, and that silk on the leaves discolored. So what did they do? They crane lifted people into the tree and it took them four days to spray paint each individual leaf back to the original color just for a fucking shot. And it makes you go, wow, we're never going to get that quality of detail and effort into anything anymore because you can just CGI it. And it makes me just go, that's how little effort Amazon put into it. They didn't put any effort into it. And you got someone like Peter Jackson who deserves all the praise he gets because he put so much time and effort to making it special. You know, every little detail was special. So... With, with with what you're saying there, right? It's the same thing as like, you, you go back and you watch the interviews of uh, the entire fucking cast, the crew, yeah. Peter Jackson, all that sort of stuff. And they care and they love it. And you yep. listen to Peter and he's a fan of it. And he read the books growing up and he yep. just wanted to do right by, by that. And he knew that he wanted to do it for him because he loved it. And yep. that was what made it special. And you could feel that when you watch the movie, you can feel it in the the actors when they act. They actually care. You can see in Sir Ian McKillen the way he portrayed Gandalf. Yep. You can see it in Sir Christopher Lee, the 
the way he did Saruman. Like Saruman, not very fleshed out in the Lord of the Rings books, but he brought that character to life. And they yeah. they did it through love and passion for everything. And then you go to, you, you, you fast forward to the Rings of Power interviews and it's about, oh, Race. we're diverse. Oh, we're the yeah. first people to do this. Oh, I'm the Nothing first black talking. elf. I'm the f- It's like, no, okay, shut up. What about the show? What what did you do to, to get into mm. the mode of a dwarf? Do you understand the history of the dwarves? Do you know where they came from? Who, you know, who created them? All sorts of things. And it's like, well, you didn't. Because if you did read into it, you would have gone, oh, well, there's actually nothing for me to work off because none of this existed. Yep. But they're not going to say that. But you just see the different levels of care factor when these things are being made. And any new show that comes out now, especially about fantasy, especially whether it be the the witcher series um the wheel of time star wars even fucking marvel comics all it is all these interviews that you see now guaranteed are them defending themselves attacking the fans and saying why it needs to change and it's that is horrible imagine that imagine being an already built up fandom and being told you're wrong, you no. are wrong. We're here to save it because you are wrong. And I'll just, I'll just read you out, right? This is Star Wars, right? You, 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 given the backlash that happened over the, the last fucking trilogy that came out, the fucking horrendous, fucking uh, shit that happened there. Yeah, I've given up right? on watching Star Wars. This is what the the new director. <laughs> of the next Star Wars thing, this is a, a quote from her, right? And it's only just a, a miniature quote, but she, she did say, I heard it come out of her mouth. She said, I like to make men uncomfortable. Right? And then this, this comes from the lead actress, oh. Daisy Ridley. She said, <laughs> um, no, no, no. This is sorry. This is not Daisy Ridley. This is actually the 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 um fucking director again, right? This female director that they've got in. Uh, she says it's about time we had a female filmmaker come forward to shape the galaxy far, far away. Like, why? <laughs> like, a so why why did why why did sex come into the equation? There's no, there's no discussion about. I am. I've been a huge fan of Star Wars all my life. I've read all the books. I've met yeah. George Lucas. I went through all the comic cons. I went through all the events, and I am proud to be here. And to make the next Star Wars film is a dream come true for me. None of that was said. I like to make men uncomfortable, and it's about time uh, that uh, a female takes control and steps forward. Uh, and again, they're, they're, they're again calling that it's it's sexist fans that do not like this. And it, it baffles me. It's just... It it's genuinely so, baffles me that it's sad. this is the shit. It's just sad. The fact that stories that have been out for since before we're born are just being ruined because of something that has nothing to even do with them. Like, it has nothing to do... Like, was Tolkien out there saying women suck shit. No, he wrote a story in the time period he lived in. And you know what? In the time period he lived in, you, 
that's just what it was. Women were perceived differently to now. You know, we didn't have independent women out there building their careers. Women were at home helping run the, the, the homestead and the family while the men were away at war. It was 19 fucking... It was World War, right? It's a different time. You can't crucify a guy for writing a story in the time period he was in. That's like saying, look, we need to, we need to change William Shakespeare, right? Everything he did was just wrong, right? It, didn't, it doesn't align with us. Well, guess what? Because he's not from this time period. So you're taking stories that, that aren't from now and being like, well, they're just not inclusive enough. It's like, because, because back then it wasn't fucking inclusive and that's just how it was. Do you think back in history it was inclusive? No. It, it's, it's how it was. Do you think Vikings came in on ships and men were out there on their walls and they're going, oh, no, here comes a Viking longship. My women, my wives and my daughters are going to get raped. And the Vikings went, hold up, and then raised a, a fucking rainbow flag. And the guys went, oh, fuck, now we're going to get fucking raped too. It wasn't inclusive. That's just not how it worked back then. It's, that's just the time period that they were from. And it's sad that we're ruining stories from different time periods that had nothing to do with it. It's just like Tolkien wasn't a sexist racist. That It's just what history was. And, and you know, fucking J.K. Rowling, she's not, even though she may be transphobic, Harry Potter isn't transphobic. It's a fucking story. And then people go, well, it's just, it's made up. Who cares? It's made up. Exactly. It's made up. So why the fuck does it have to be inclusive? It is a made-up fictional world. It doesn't need to be inclusive of everyone in the fictional world. It's just like, fuck me. I understand it if it's a story that was not made inclusive, that in history was inclusive. But it's a fictional world. Let it be what it is. It doesn't need to be the world that we live in. It's a completely different fucking world and a completely different time period. And it's just so sad that these stories that we grow up on are going to be tarnished to the point that our kids growing up will be like, no, I watched Rings of Power. That was shit. Or, you know, people going, oh, no, the Rings of Power was really good. That original trilogy that Peter Jackson did was just so, uh, so far-fetched. Like, how disappointing. Like, it's just sad to me that what we grow up on now is just going to be absolutely tarnished because everyone else's first opinion is going to be Rings of Power. When people think of Lord of the Rings in the future, it's the Amazon show. It's not going to be the, the Peter Jackson fucking trilogy or all the Tolkien book or anything. It's just, no, it's disappointing. I, 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 think, I think there'll be, that there'll definitely be a change in the wind. Um, and, yeah, it seems like it. Um, I will say lately, it seems like they're copying more slack from it now from the general public. And I think it's getting to a point where people are like, enough's enough. It's, you know, well, even the whole well, money, Harry Potter thing is going on now. It's just people are getting sick of it. Well, so. money, money talks, right? Money talks, and yeah. there's there's no doubt, there's no doubt that Hollywood are losing money, and uh, Rings of Power have lost Amazon a lot of money, and Disney is losing a lot of money, and it's not because fans are sexist or. Or whatever, right? It, it's it, it's got to do with um, the whole point of a fantasy story. The whole reason why these um, fandoms are created, existed, evolved, and built upon is the deep lore of a story, and what and that's what makes it so good is the fact that you can go into this world, you can explore all the details there is to know, understand its um, you know political spectrum. It's, it's race, 
it's their class system, all sorts of stuff and go, okay, this is how they've created this world. This is Warhammer. This is Age of Sigma. This is World of Warcraft. This is Lord of the Rings, right? But you can put your, like, you can read all about it. You can study it. You can understand the deep lore. And then someone comes in and cherry picks what they want and what needs to change and then calls everyone who's done all that shit racist, sexist for not enjoying what they want out of it. And this is what's killing fantasy at the minute. And uh, they, they keep trying to blame, you know, hero fatigue and all this sort of stuff for the Marvel side. It's, it's no, it's not, it's not anything fatigue. It's not, you know, uh, people are just sick of watching fantasy films or TV shows. It's, there's, there's a reason why people enjoy these things. Yes, sometimes it's because it's a bit dark, because it has has rules and and yeah. things that are are dark enough for you to go. That is just horrible, but intriguing at the same time. For example, right, this is the best one I can come up with because this has stuck with me ever since I saw it. You know the 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 Witcher, right? The Witcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've played the video games, uh, yeah. and and you know that only boys can become witches. Mm. right that's that's just the law right that's just how it is the female the the the, the girls will just die right the, the the mutagens and all that sort of shit they have to go through yeah they will die right now forget today's world right forget it right we, we now live in a world where everyone's pretty comfortable women don't need to have children anymore they don't yeah. it, it, it's not a it's not a, a social norm. It's not anything. You don't need to. You can explore your life and, 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 and pursue a career and do those sorts of things. You have that life now, okay? But say, for instance, I wanted to fuck off and go to a world where, you know, there's, there's different problems, there's different issues to look at, right? And you go into a world of Witcher at the time of war where women's roles in that society were more than just picking up a blade and fighting. They had a duty of care to the home, yeah. to the future of mankind, right? These are the things that those characters in that story would go through because that would be the norm of that time. And this is what made Yennefer so special is because because of her uh, being a witch and she can't have children is what's destroying her mentally right because she wants a child but these that that's that issue in that time and that's where you want to escape to now the whole law is that girls can't be witches and the boys do and witches aren't seen as cool right the witches don't stroll around uh into town and people go oh here he is fucking Geralt, yeah. the, the the hero right he's called shit like the butcher of blaviken the people throw shit at him to fuck him off out of town. They hate witches. It's not normal, right? They're living in a time where monsters walk among men. It's it's yeah. seen as as unclean, right? Everyone's religious. They got the, the 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 religion of fire. I can't remember what it is, right? They people are religious. They're afraid of death, right? Th- these are the issues of a time period that can't afford luxuries like we have, and yeah. that's where fans want to escape to I'm, I'm getting to my point sorry so when you have a world like that 
there's different social norms and the witches aren't accepted as being normal nor cool nor anything right the witches follow they're alone they they, they follow coin sorry they're alone on their trips they they they, they don't keep friends because they they don't trust anyone right they they, they, they feel that someone's going to betray them all sorts of shit they don't enjoy it so in the books and in the game you're a fucking you're you're a witcher you're, you're seen as a heathen get the fuck out right first episode of the witcher series on netflix Geralt strolls into town he's got a fucking i can't remember what beast he had on the back of roach and everyone's looking at him going fuck he's this witcher right people fear witches they're afraid of them because they're unnatural that's what you'd expect now there's this little girl that follows him oh 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 you know i i just want to go on adventures i just want to do th- I, you know all this sort of shit right oh, i'm just gonna die in this town it's like no no one would have been acting like that yeah. in this particular world you you think you think of yourself as a child there's monsters in the forest and not we're not living in a, in a fantasy world where, yeah, you can just whip out blades and fuck things up. Kids are disappearing. People are dying. Farmers are going missing. Crops are dying. It's scary outside of your town. You don't yeah. want to fucking leave your town. There's a fucking monster out there, which is why they get a witcher in to kill this fucking monster. Someone's taking the kids. Kids are fucking being kept inside to fucking stay alive right so that that that, that's in my head i'm trying to think of a a realistic approach to a fantasy story that will keep you interested because Mm. holy shit you're fucking scared but here's this little girl wanting to go on adventures and do things and oh my my parents say i I can't leave this town oh it's ridiculous and just i can't believe it's stupid that girls can't be it's like no one would have wanted to be a witcher. It's being a yeah. witcher was horrible. You were stolen from your parents. You were put through things. One out of 10 kids would survive the whole fucking thing to become a witcher in the first place. And it's things like that, which is A, disrespectful to the law, B, disrespectful to fantasy in general, because who the fuck do you think you are that you can A, shit on the original law whilst the original writer's standing there helping you create this show? And think that you're doing a better job immediately when i watched that episode and was listening to this girl talk i'm like this is taking me out of this dark grim war-ridden world of the witcher where Geralt must survive and 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 really work hard at it and here he is being lectured by this child about how ridiculous things are all because the writers deem it necessary and because it doesn't reflect the world we live in today. And it's like, I don't want that in my fantasy stories. I do not want a, a world where I can see a five foot five girl with really skinny arms of fighting off 40 men and defeating monsters and standing there or badass while you've got a guy like fucking Henry Cavill, right? Fucking six foot beast, muscly, fucking all that shit, bedridden, sick needing saving well it, it it's like i it takes me out of that world and go well it's not dark enough for me it, it, it's too stupid fantasy just because it's fantasy yeah. and yes dragons exist so you can do whatever you want 
it takes away from a realistic down-to-earth story that make fantasy great. Yeah. Not all fantasies are Dungeons and Dragons where it literally is your imagination. You can do what you want. Yeah. Not all fantasies like that. And this is what's killing fantasy. This is genuinely what's killing it. This is what Rings of Power are doing with Galadriel and the fucking like. They're taking away special moments like what Eowyn went through, right? They're taking away from things like that. They're, they're, they're taking away grounded stories that writers have worked through and created and they're fucking it. And then they're attacking yep. us for not liking it. That, that yep. is the best example I can give you as to why I genuinely believe fantasy is dying because yeah, of it, Hollywood. It's going to make me really scared now because what you said made me just think there's a Warhammer 40k show coming and there's going to be a lot of women when they realize there's no space marines that aren't aren't women and then there's going to be women going well why can't we be ultramarines and it's oh you want to go through absolute excruciating body morphing pain to be put into a machine body where your job and sole purpose is to murder anything you're told to. And when you die, be put into another machine where your body is used to continue to kill things, even after you've already died. And I guarantee you, there will be people out there that go, why is there no uh, diversity in the space Marines? And I hope Henry Cavill goes, because I said there isn't. So shut the fuck up, and that's just how it is. Because, no, but, that, that, but that's just, but, but, but the thing, and, and this again is where the Rings of Power have failed, right? Because in Warhammer, there is diversity. Yeah, there, there is. is diversity, but not where people want it. Exactly. And that's where Rings of Power failed. There is diversity in Middle Earth, always has been, but not where people wanted it. Yeah. Numenor. I don't care what people think. My grandmother told me, I don't care what they teach you at school, Numenor is not based on Greece. It's not based on Mediterranean shit, right? When Tolkien wrote his stories, he specifically said, in, in, in a letter to Milton, right, he said, I wanted to create a mythology for England, not even, not even the British Isles, right, for England, yeah. and the hither regions of Europe which were right next to it. We're talking France, Germany, and then like Scandinavia, right? Yeah. Those regions. And he even explicitly put in there, not Italy, not the Mediterranean. I yeah, don't already care got what mythology. people say. That, yeah. And, and it's because of their mythology, the, uh, the, you know, the Greece, the romance, all that sort of shit. Yeah. That's why he created what he created, because yeah. of that. Now, he was jealous of it. It's yeah, and it's not to say that he didn't create, um, you know, people of diverse backgrounds, right? But it's it's a stupid thing to fucking say anyway. Diversity includes everyone. I don't understand yeah. why diverse is only excluding white people for whatever fucking reason. Yeah. But he has created other cultures within Middle Earth, but unfortunately, it's not the Rahiram, it's not the Gondorians, it's not the Numenorians, it's not the Elves, and it's not the Dwarves of um, Khazad-dum or fucking uh, the Blue Mountains and all that sort of shit. 
further east, further south, all that sort of stuff, 100%. And you know what they could have done in the Rings of Power? They could have focused on a war effort between yep. the Easterlings and the men of the south. Could have created diversity there. They could have had one of the Nazgul, which Sauron actually fucking deceives and corrupts, be one of the kings of the... Um, Easterlings or whatever, yep. because we don't know all that stuff. And yeah, we know there's nine of them. So yeah, but the the issue is, is because this, you know, metropolitan city diversity that exists in two thousand and three, two thousand four now, isn't being represented globally within a, a fantasy fiction world that wasn't meant to be today's shit people get upset oh why can't an elf be black so well no they can be just not these ones over here yeah the ones over there probably are we don't know because we never went there create it make it do something with it bring it over and then have it incorporated in make it logical make it make sense and when people go why why does diverse characters need to be logical to be able to be in in a fantasy book it's like well because that's what fantasy is all about it needs to make sense as a fan of shit especially lord of the rings or even fucking warhammer if something doesn't make sense you go exactly it annoys you this shit it has to make sense because that that, that's the whole point of fantasy i go okay where did the elves come from where's the bloodline oh this is interesting where did they come from how did uh humans and elves like where you read into it, it has to make sense if it doesn't make sense you get fucking well, all you your emotions down. Yeah. Uh, your emotion well, yeah. is, is wrong because it makes you go, oh, it's just made up. It doesn't make any sense. But whereas if it's been put in with the effort that Tolkien and, you know, Warhammer have put into their stories where everything is so answered, it makes you go, this world could exist, you know, and it, it gives you that immersion. Whereas if it doesn't make sense, all the immersion's gone and you're just like, someone just made up a really shit story, it's subpar, and you don't care about it. So the fact that Warhammer and Tolkien and, you know, J.K. Rowling, I guess, to it, she did a pretty good job at it where it was diver- it was interesting enough that you there was enough meat there for, for fans to really become fans of something. You know, that, that's why there's no ready player one fan because it's it's a story there's no history to it there's no nowhere to delve into but these worlds have been fleshed out to the point where you can be a fan of the world and fantasize about it because it's been that fleshed out to the point where everything makes sense enough for you to be like i'm fully immersed in this world now because i know so much about it it feels like i've been there that's the beauty of these type of stories and you know what warhammer it's like (laughs) i find it so funny when it's not really what we're talking about, but you know, when you think of fans of these big, big things, you got the Lord of the Rings fans, and they go, oh, "I'd love to live in Middle Earth. I'd love to live in the Shire." And you got, you know, J.K. Rowling fans go, "Oh, I would love to live in Hogwarts. It'd be so good." And then you got Warhammer fans going, "I'm fine where I am, thanks. I'll just, I'll just read the books. I don't really want to live in that world because it's that <laughs> yeah. fucking shit." And that's the beauty no of, way. of that's the beauty of Warhammer. And I really hope, and I know that Henry Cavill will do a good job. I know he's not he's not gonna fucking give in to any of that shit. If he's in charge of it, it's gonna be to the story, and it's gonna be what Warhammer's like because he's been doing it for twenty years. Like he loves Warhammer. 
And I reckon that show is going to be absolutely golden. I have very high hopes for it, and I will be crushed if he does fuck it up because I, I swear he's, he's, he's the only man that can pull it off. I hope he does it well. And, and, and yeah. you know what? And if he does do it well, it's, it'll be a full-on message to everyone else that did fuck the stories up of books because it's like Warhammer fans are probably the one fan you don't fuck with because they're that diehard about that world. And they will murder you. Like they are that. Yeah. Warhammer is that in depth. You don't. I mean, know I'm. 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 It, me speaking. I'm more of a fan of Tolkien, right? But that's yeah. not saying I'm not a fan of Warhammer. I, I. I'm loving Horus Heresy. It's getting really yeah. fucking dark now. But I'm a huge fan of Tolkien, and I was immensely proud of the people that came forward to go. Rings of Power is dog shit, right? Yep. Because it it does not at all not even remotely respect or do a good job of uh, telling a Tolkien story. Now, if Hollywood and people thought Tolkien fans were rough, I know <laughs> Warhammer fans. Warhammer fans <laughs> will uh, murdering. They are I, I, I think there would be, they will screech. I think, I think there'll be riots. And, and well, because they are literally tyrannids. They'll come out of portals from all over the fucking world that you've never even heard of, and they have spent their lives painting these figures. Warhammer fans have spent more time in the Warhammer universe than any other fan out there because they spent six hours painting one fucking piece of plastic, and they know every detail about that piece of plastic because they listen to the books while they fucking paint that plastic. So if you insult a Warhammer fan's world, it is game on. They There's probably the one fan base that I reckon will absolutely wreak havoc if henry cavill fucks up and he knows that he knows that this is a big ball move him taking on warhammer but he's said numerous times he's always wanted to do it because no one has no one's taken on the opportunity to do a show of it because they're that protective of their ip but he's the only person i believe in that field of hollywood that will do it justice so i'm not worried but if he does fuck it up I'll be very disappointed because Warhammer has so much potential. There is endless stories and settings that you can do in Warhammer. I, it's fucking I phenomenal. I can't see him failing. I can't. No, like the, he, it, well. the way the way he handled himself throughout the whole Witcher TV series debacle. Yeah. If that does not give confidence to anyone waiting for this Warhammer show, then I don't know what. Like he, yeah. he saved elements of that show from being catastrophically horrible because yeah. he knew what what was good for the fans and he knew what things meant like the death of roach never saw it right i've only heard stories because i am not watching that fucking show i'm not going past s girl dying in fucking season two that was enough for me i yeah. i stopped it right there apparently there was a a thing where roach died his horse right and the creators of the show, the writers wanted to make it funny. And Henry Cavill put his foot down and went, no, you can't do that. That yeah. is insensitive and, and insulting to the fans. Roach is a, a, a huge companion to Geralt. You can't just fucking make his death a joke. Yeah. And it's shit like shit like that, right? It's the death of a horse, right? And, and in Warhammer, they'll kill a horse just to fucking wipe his exactly blood off his hand for something right that, that's how dark and grim it is yeah he he will do a good job i yeah. i i have that confidence in me 
Uh, yeah. If he doesn't, that will be the end of Henry Cavill. And yeah. I, I, he is putting his uh, fucking um, arse on the line. I can't even think of the word. Arse, yeah. Well, his uh, reputation on the line, should I say. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. And you know what? If he, he pulls wouldn't... it off, he will be a living legend. If he does it justice, the, the Warhammer community will make him out to be the god emperor of mankind himself. Henry Cavill well, he... will go on to live in the halls of glory of fantasy. If he pulls it off and well, makes he deserves it, it. Yeah, he does. He fucking he, deserves it. He, he can got, tell he, he got. Oh, but he he deserves something because um, DC and Warner Brothers let him down with the whole Superman thing. I've yeah. never seen anyone more perfectly cast as Superman in my life and to be let down the way he got let down and the fans got let down. Like, what a waste. Yeah. What an absolute waste that was. You can't put someone like Cavill in that position and then just make two movies with him. Yeah. I can't believe what a waste of a fucking period that was. What a letdown. And then to cast him as Geralt, the most perfect fucking casting for Geralt. Well, okay, probably not the most perfect, but a, a guy like that to put the effort that he would have put into that role, you had it. You had the groundbreaking show that you've been looking for. All you need to do is get a camera, Geralt and Roach just killing monsters. No yeah. other shit, no, nothing else. Just him going from town to town like Mandalorian. Yep. Getting quests and maybe have like some sort of backlogging fucking quest that was happening in the background, right? That led to a final fucking thing like the Golden Dragon or whatever happened in the in the books, right? But, yeah. Uh, in, in the second book or whatever it was. But they would have killed it. They would have had the show to make Netflix. They would have had merchandising. They would have had fucking everything because they would have had monsters, swords, Geralt wigs, fucking everything. They could have had the pendant. They would have had merchandising come out of their fucking ass yep. if they did it right, but they didn't and they fucked it up and Henry Cavill got let down again. He deserves this. He, he does, deserves yeah. Warhammer. To, yep. to, to really give him the respect and the hard work that he puts into shit, he needs this. And yeah. we as fans of him need it because yeah. I want to see him achieve what he wants to achieve because he's a good guy. He does right by the fans. He's a fucking gamer. He builds PCs. He plays Warhammer. He's one of us. He's a normal dude. Yeah. Just give him what he wants, what he deserves. Yeah, That's if he it. gets full reign to do, if it's up to him to make the show, I have zero doubts he'll do. And you know what? If it comes out as R18, you know he's done the right thing because Warhammer is probably the darkest. Uh, trust me, when that show comes out, it's going to be fucking grim and it's going to be a masterpiece. I, I, I'm so fucking keen for it. Like Warhammer to me is probably second to Lord of the Rings in terms of worlds. Like it's just... I'm a huge fan of Warhammer, and and my favorite my favorite thing is I hope if once he does good, just for anyone listening who doesn't know how grim Warhammer is, there is a group called the uh, uh, what's it called they're called the um, cultists um, what's it called Tyranid cultists, and they are the saddest fucking creatures to ever exist in any book or story ever. They literally have a lose-lose situation. There is no winning. Their entire life 
is becoming a cult of peasants in a society. So imagine the scum of Star Wars and they make like a, a, a union, a workers' union where they're like, we're not going to do shit, fucking fuck this. The Tyranids are way better than anyone. And they do, they make this huge cult about the Tyranids and they think that they're going to overthrow the kingdom and make the world great again, only to find out that when the Tyranids finally come, they murder everything and anything that they've ever loved. And then when the Tyranids land on them, their memories go, holy shit, what have I done? Uh, and dead. Tyranids consume their bodies, they're gone. There is no winning as a cultist in this story. They are the saddest fucking people to ever exist. They're peasants. Even if they do win, they lose. There's no coming out of it, right? There is so much grim darkness in, in Warhammer that it is the perfect world to absolutely blow up. And if he does it well... I see Warhammer becoming one of like the bigger franchises because it, it, people realize how amazingly dark that world is and people will just love it. People love dark, grim, dirty shit and it will become such a hit. So I hope Henry Cavill does really well with it and I, I'm not really worried. I think he will. So I can't wait. Yeah, yeah and if they do, if they, I, I, I reckon if they started with Horus Heresy, um, it would it would blow everyone away because it is like Horace Heresy to me is like the perfect mix between understanding and getting to know um, like the, the Marines, right? Yeah. Uh, Cause they're not ultra Marines. They're, you know, you, you've got the different Primarchs and they're yeah. sort of um, guys, but it also has a, uh, a grounded human story underneath that. And what the books do so well is you feel the fear of just being a, general person yep. in that world and it, and it being like you work to provide something to the society of where like of of mankind but you are nothing in the greater scheme of things yep. you just you're, you're you're a cog in the machine and you know it there's no fucking everyone's humble there's no one walking around going i'm important well there is there is there is yeah. one character he she has the best uh, arc I've seen within such a short amount of time. She comes in, she's this high and mighty fucking, you know, uh, what do they call them? They're, they're, they're like a fucking chronicler, right? They go around and they they take photos and they, they, yeah. they chronicle the, 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 the thoughts of everyone. And, and she comes into this, um, the Warmaster fucking um, Horace's ship and she's like full fucking, um, like, uh, I am important my family's important i'm this i deserve this i fucking blah 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 blah. and she gets what she wants horace goes you know what fucking all right like i i, I appreciate your fucking demeanor gives her that opportunity goes you've got the exclusive you're with me i'll fucking i'll give you what you want mm. and she basically thinks and because of the way Horace is and the way the Marines are, they're like gods amongst men. Yeah. And she, she felt fear when she saw him, even though when she's around everyone else and she's got her little bodyguard with her, yeah. she feels, she feels invincible, but in front of Horace, she was fucking frightened. She felt that power. And then she goes through a fucking phase where they crash land on this moon because Horace finds out there's a traitor there and he's, he's being fucking, led astray right yeah they land on this moon that they've already taken over they've gained control but all of a sudden no one knows where anyone is 
It's all gone to shit. They crash on this moon. Horace is fucking firing. He's like, I'm killing everyone in there. I'm going to get there. I'm going to fucking murder everyone, right? I'm, I'm doing it. Crash land there. All the fucking big titans come down. They're fucking, where is everyone? There's nothing. They're landing. Everyone's knee height up into like water. Going, what the fuck? It, where is everyone? It's fucking dead. This whole planet's dead. There's no one here. Then all of a sudden, fucking the dead start rising. They're all fucking around them. All the fucking titans are just shooting the fucking blood and bodies everywhere. Yeah. It's the first time you read about the fear, not even fear, but like the helplessness of what these ultramarines were going through. They're not ultra fucking marines, but the marines were going through because they're like, I can't fucking do anything. Oh, I'm not yep. going to die, but I can't fucking do anything. She thinks she's that fucking smart. I'm going to get the inside scoop. I'm going to fly down to this planet. I'm going to fucking see what they're doing. They crash land, right? And she fucking shits herself because they crash land away from everyone. She's got a bodyguard and all the dead are coming in and her bodyguard single-handedly fucking holds these dead off, right? This guy, he's not a Marine, he's nothing, right? He's just this dude who's mute and she pays him to be a bodyguard and she's shitting herself, crying and all this sort of stuff. And she doesn't feel safe until the Marines get there, which they're like, the fuck are you doing here? Yeah, They're trashing her going, you're a fucking idiot. And they give him a well-resounding fucking like, you're good. Horace takes him under his, like, <laughs> takes him yeah. like, I want you on my side. You're a fucking idiot. Get back on the ship. And it was like humbling, right? Because no one's important. No yeah. one's important. That was the longest fucking story I've told about. Oh, no, I've, I've, no one's I've never actually heard that story. World. I love that. But no, it, it's I, true. I, I'm paraphrasing. There's a lot more to it, but it was yeah. like, no matter how big you think you are in that world, you are nothing. You're just a yeah. fucking cog. And it's almost Shut the beauty of it's the beauty of humans in Warhammer. And I'm sure Henry Cavill will show it in the show where the humans in the Warhammer universe understand that they are the bottom of the food chain. They are the weakest of every single being there is. And you put one human against any other being in that universe in hand-in-hand combat, we lose. We don't win shit. The only thing we win at is the fact that we have the numbers and the guns and the manpower. And we just throw bodies at it enough to outnumber things. That is literally our game plan is have enough men to outnumber. So we breed. We make guns, we man those guys with guns and we send them out and that is literally all we do. And those men know that they're going out there to most likely die. It, it is a churning cog of just death. And that's why there's so many dark things in Warhammer like using men's brains to man machines and taking the dead that they can still salvage and using them. And you've got the Kriegsmen who have a guy whose job is to walk around on the field and strip dead men of equipment to arm the next dead next man with the dead man's equipment. Or, you know, if there's a guy and he's like, oh, mate, help me, shoots him, takes his shit, give it to the next guy. It's, um, yeah, it, it, Warhammer is just a whole other universe, and I can't wait to see it put on the screen. And you know what? Me, you, and Dylan should probably stream uh, the Rogue... Uh, road game that they've just re- released, which is basically Baldur's Gate, but put in the Warhammer 40k with your rogue traders. I, f- I feel like that game's going to be awesome. It seems to be really good, and I'd love to play that. Um, Warhammer is just, yeah, it's an awesome universe. So, 
yeah. Well, that's the end of the quick news. Uh, yeah. We can move on to other segments now, if you like. Uh, no, mm. I think we're we're pretty much done here. I'm not. I've got nothing else. Um, yeah. I think we've covered all bases. Not bad for a, a first episode getting back into it. But I promise we're going to be a lot more structured. But what I want to what I want to do is uh, I want to live stream our podcast once a month. So at the end of every month, I want to do like oh, a okay. live streaming of our podcast um and do it on youtube or something like that where if people start watching us then they can interact and we can you know yeah be cool have people say you guys are a bunch of fucktards all that sort of stuff but we can actually react to it um not just get all the hate mail that we get um i've had to delete that email because it was insane it was like watching queso try and stream anything these days yeah if you've heard of him that's no, fucking hilarious. No, yeah, that, no, we, we did receive a lot of uh, a lot of people calling us racist and sexist, which um was really offensive and it's actually kind of taken a massive mental toll on me. So um yeah. I'm actually I'm actually resigning. So this will be my last podcast. Um I can't handle the pressure. I just can't. Yeah. So, no, yeah, we're not only looking for a certified forklift driver, we're also looking for a second person to replace me. So, Taylor's going to need two new people for the podcast if you're interested. Um, no, well, I'm leaving too. So, what, what's going to yeah. happen is next week, I'm just going to turn on the stream and I'm going to time it so it stops at one and anyone could just come in and yeah. just start recording stuff. I'll yeah, it's like a, an open book, yeah, open mic night. Open mic podcast. Night. It could be a really good, honestly, that might be an actual fucking really good idea. Go to a pub, set up a microphone and a camera and just have a podcast of drunk guys coming onto the thing and just blabbering a bunch of shit and um, uploading. We would get glassed. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, probably. So um, And that's it. It's just me. Oh, no, you're back now. <laughs> no, I'm back. Yeah, no, I'm back. I thought, I thought you had gone. I was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, no, all right, no. Dylan, take it away. Sign us out. Actually, actually, that'd be good. Can you call Dylan? Oh, and yeah. He'd be asleep now, wouldn't he? No, no, no. Fuck it. It's a, it's a bloody Friday. We're going to do it live on the podcast. Yeah, it's the first episode back in the new year. We're going to see if Dylan can sign us out real quick. We'll just... um. Let me know if you guys can hear this. Yeah. Any second now. Surely he'll think that, you yeah. Hello. Oh, hey, mate. How you going? All right, yourself? Yeah, oh. not bad. Um, you know, me and Taylor are just here filming our podcast that we've been doing for about two hours. Um, oh. I was just calling you because we've come to the end of it, and um, we just kind of need you to sign us out. So if you can just go ahead and do that for us, that'd be great. <laughs> well, firstly, sorry, I was uh, I actually fell asleep. Yep. But um, <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> sign us out, mate. Just. Just go ahead. When you're ready, just take it away. All right. Um, thanks for coming in and listening to the podcast with uh, fucking year. Yep. Um, uh, <laughs> thanks, and uh, thanks for coming to me because, you know, everyone comes to me, obviously. Yeah. No, um, that, that's great, Dylan. And um, what was your favorite part about the podcast for the first one back throughout the year? Throughout the year, yeah, like yeah, this is our first podcast of the year. What was your favorite part that we touched on? Oh, uh, obviously the the last part with me in it. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, good yeah. input, mate. Good input. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we appreciate that, Dylan. And um, we'll see you on the next one then. Oh, yeah. Right. You too, mate. Yeah, no worries, mate. You, you going to hang up or are we just going to sit here? Oh. Okay. Oh, All, right. All right. See you, mate. There you go. Dylan signed us out. Oh, wow. He fell asleep. No. Yep. Fair enough. But yeah. So um, I guess that is the end. Thanks, Dylan, for signing us out. And um, yeah, we're going to try and do streaming and some YouTube videos. We'll see how we go with it. Um, where we basically just probably touch on more detailed things about certain topics, games, and stuff that you know we can't sit here and blabber on for about an hour about Warhammer and Witcher. We'll probably do that type of stuff on YouTube. Um, and we'll probably upload, you know, where our podcast episodes where we film them and stuff like that. And as time goes on, try and up the quality in that regard as well. And, uh, yeah, eventually start getting a streaming going on TikTok and, and all that type of stuff. So yeah, there, there will hopefully, hopefully be more content from us in the future. We'll see how we go. Oh, Fucking Dylan must have had the, the greatest sleep of his life. I just got a notification come up that he's he's now playing Remnant 2. Oh, is he? <laughs> so he's, he's completely avoided the fucking podcast altogether. He slept. Now he's woken up. Now he's playing Remnant 2. Perfect timing. Yeah. Perfect timing. All right. Well, yeah. Right. That, this is the year. And we're going to build up to Supernova and to Comic-Con. And we're going to... Uh... Yeah. And Dylan's yeah. not going to break our microphone equipment. And we'll actually be able to upload a video. Did we even speak about that ever? No. Uh, I do have the video. I do have it completely edited and ready to go. The audio is just shit. But uh, maybe we'll upload uh, it anyway. Maybe we'll do it for a bit of fun, but I want to have a good one to back up. I just feel bad for everyone that we did interview and we can't upload it because you can't hear them. You just can't hear them. Yeah, or because so, of Dylan breaking our microphone. So, I mean, actually, only... well, actually, the first quarter of Supernova was fantastic. You could hear very clear what was being yeah. said. Then the interviews happened, and it was like, Dylan it was broke the microphone. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Not only did he ruin the podcast, he ruined everything else. So, like yeah. I said, any fortified circlift drivers out there, let us know. <laughs> All right. Sayonara. See ya.